Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Grit Fitness and Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Sanchez, and today I am joined by the cake master himself, O'Shane. Um, so just um, as a, uh, I guess, to get the, the you know boring stuff out of the way in the beginning, if you guys like the podcast, um, share it, review it, which I think you can actually do on Spotify now. I didn't think you could do that before, but I think you can now. Um, Share it with a friend, and um, if you guys really like us and you want to visit our um, Instagram page and give us a vote for South Jersey's best gym slash workout center, we would love you guys forever and ever. Um, so, O'Shane, <clears throat> how are you doing today? Uh, doing fantastic. Yeah? You got food in your belly? You're ready to go? Yeah. Got right. some cake this morning, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's not joking. He really did eat some cake this morning. Um, all right. So today's podcast, I think, is a good one, and it could probably be a very lengthy one. This one will probably only be about 30 minutes, um, so it might be a two- or a three-parter, depending on how long we actually um, talk today. Um, but it's basically the concept that um, health and fitness – are, you know, everything that goes into health and fitness is simple. It's very easy, you know, like, um, or sorry, let me, let me rephrase that. It's simple, but it's not so easy. So like on paper, O'Shane and I should not have jobs because of how simple it is to be a, a healthy person, you know, when it comes to um, sleep and working out and eating, you know, how you approach this and what you should be doing is beyond simple. Um, but it's not actually the easiest thing to do because of everything that life throws at you in terms of, you know, your your work um, got in the way or your kids or just the hurdles that you're going to have to deal with um, on a day to day, week to be or week to week or like monthly um, basis. So today we're going to talk about, you know, you know why these things are not so easy to do despite their simplicity. Um, so we'll start off by talking about what I think is probably the biggest issue um, just because it impacts the other areas of health and fitness um, big time is sleep. So in, in terms of how simple it is, Sleep, you just have to sleep seven to eight hours per night and you're set, you're good to go. Um, but in terms of it not being so easy, O'Shane, I'll turn to you on this one. What are some of the issues that you've had clients tell you um, that they or that's preventing them from actually getting the seven to eight hours of sleep every single night? Huh, I think this is like uh, probably one of the most controversial uh, topics because. Like on textbook, you know, it says get eight hours of sleep, but I, you know, some clients will say, you know, because of work, kids, stuff like that, uh, they're only able to get five. Then you have other clients who are said they're able to get 10 and they don't, and on both sides of the spectrum, they're both tired. So it's, I think it's, uh, everyone's, I would say is a little bit different in terms of getting enough sleep. I think it's more like, all right, one, are you listening to your body in terms of, uh, when I sleep, is it quality sleep versus just I'm laying there? I think that's the biggest uh, underlining issue. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, so in terms of like specific issues, um, have you ever had what, like, what are the big ones that clients will tell you in terms of why their sleep is not where it should be? Like, do you have any specific things that people will tell you? Um, I mean, like if you have a newborn kids, I mean, you, yeah. you can attest to that uh, yourself. I can, I can tell you all about that. <laughs> uh, stress, uh, stress is another big one. Um, you know, and, uh, I also think like not drinking enough water mm-hmm. uh, is a big thing that attests to not be able to get that quality sleep. Uh, so I mean, just just a few examples of things. I think if you just kind of manage better in your life, you'd be able to get a better quality sleep. So, are there any specific strategies that you will tell clients in order to help improve these things? Aside from the having a newborn, which there is, there's no solution to that other than time you just have to basically tough it out um but in terms of the other things that you listed what are you telling your clients when they tell you these things i mean uh well i mean a good start is when i ask like how much like how well are you taking care of your body in terms of like are you making sure you know you're trying to work out at least two to three times a week are you making sure like at least maybe once a day take 10 15 minutes to like meditate because I think like stuff like that we don't realize like how important like these little stuff are to us, but it definitely helps. Yeah, definitely does. And the sleep topic to me is like I've I, I think in terms of like the areas of fitness, uh, health and fitness. Um, you know, when you when you think of like the the whole picture, sleep, stress, working out, diet, all that good stuff. <clears throat> sleep is probably the one that I've spent the most time reading and kind of like listening to podcasts about in the last two years, and just its impact and how it affects all other aspects of your life. So I've really tried to like place an emphasis on trying to get like good sleep um, and fix, not that I ever really had any issues with sleep prior to this, but like helping other people try to fix their sleep and trying to educate them on why it's so important. Um, and we actually, we have an entire episode, um, on the podcast dedicated to improving your sleep. So if you guys are interested on like in-depth, you know, specific strategies on how to actually go about improving it, you can go back. And I think it's like the, I don't know, 12th episode or something like that. I forget the exact number. Um, But the thing that I'll try to tell clients, like in terms of how to improve their sleep, I think the number one thing that you you try to you have to do um, and um, it'll basically do better than any other strategy is um, you basically have to create a a schedule for yourself. And um, so like if you've ever dealt with young children or babies or whatnot, you know, they'll tell you that kids love a routine and they sleep better once you get them into that routine. So like the bedtime routine, you know, it's they take a bath, they get their pajamas on, you read a story and then you go to bed and you do that all the time. So these kids can kind of like develop a little bit of a rhythm. But what I think people fail to realize is, you, you know, adults like that too. Um, so like when you're constantly going through this crazy schedule of like waking up early on a Monday and then sleeping really late on a Tuesday and then sleeping really late on a Wednesday. And then it's kind of like going up and down like a roller coaster. Like your body, your body has this natural circadian rhythm that it likes to basically, you know, abide by. And when you screw that up, your sleep is going to be affected 
buy that too. So like that's basically the the main tip that I try to tell people. Um, then of course there's smaller strategies that you can use in terms of like um, you know putting away any type of like tablet screen, you know blue light emitting device before bed or keeping your room cool or something like that. But I won't dive too deep into that because we literally have an entire 60 minute episode dedicated strictly to that. Um, but um, sleep is definitely important, you guys. You, you need to make sure that's where it should be because if not, it will literally impact every other aspect of your health and fitness from making you hungrier to making you feel um, less satisfied after meal to low energy, like a whole a whole bunch of stuff. So um, like I said, it's very simple. You get seven to eight hours a night, but in terms of actually doing that, um, not so easy. Um, so give the other podcast episode um, a listen and we'll, you know, obviously it'll cover a little bit more in depth than what we're going to talk about right now. Um, so moving on. Um, so the next kind of aspect of health and fitness that's very simple is eat more whole real foods and enough protein. I mean, like, you know, right off the bat sounds very simple. Just make sure you're eating foods that can be grown, plucked, picked, harvested, um, or hunted. And it's like, all right, there you go. Like that's, that's pretty simple, but obviously this is a big one that a lot of people struggle with. Um, so again, Oshane, we're going to start with you. Um, so when it comes to, you know, having clients eat more, real foods, get enough protein, what are some of the hurdles that um, you find that they're running into? Uh, hmm, another big one again. Uh, so, like, I, you know, we both have a lot of clients who don't really have a lot of time, and they'll tell you, like, you know, like the nurses, doctors that we train, they'll be like, they don't have a lot of time to eat. Uh, I mean, I kind of give them a two-way streak of, hey, you know, number one, you do need to eat as much that your body like requires on a daily basis. So, you know, I kind of set it up in a two part system where have your meals planned out. Like, all right, this is my routine for breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, uh, et cetera. Uh, if, but I also like have a backup plan of like, all right, I need, maybe I need to go to DMV today or maybe I'm at work and work slam. Like, what do I do on day, those, uh, days like those? So like, uh, in terms of like a uh, whole grain, I always say like, does it like from what I have noticed with a lot of people, they tend to put a lot more carbs on their plate versus put in veggies or protein. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, all right, maybe you put the plate out, put enough protein, put enough veggies, and then put carbs less. And right. look how much of a difference that makes mm -hmm. in uh, how you eat. And just try to replicate that every single meal. It doesn't have to be like oh i need this specific or that specific it's just kind of replicating uh that now in terms of like hey if i'm gonna i'm having a day where it's like i can't get any of that then it's like that's where i feel like having a protein shake comes into play because then at least you still get something but it's not that shouldn't be like oh that's what i'm living off right and I, I, I like that approach too. Um, like what I tell a lot of clients and it's primarily for like the fat loss clients or like clients who are looking to maintain, it's basically every time you sit down to a meal, you know, make sure the first thing that you're trying to focus on filling up on is your protein. So your slab of meat, or if you're a vegetarian, your, you know, beans or edamame or whatever you prefer. And then after that, it's, you know, where are my 
vegetables. So if you can fill up on those two things and make those a priority, like you're going to see success and then you can have your carbs after that. Um, but one of the things, and I'll ask you this, um, I've found this to be, you know, a, a huge hurdle for a lot of people is when you try to tell them like, fill up on your protein, fill up on your vegetables. And then they come back right, you know, right with, I don't like vegetables. So what, what are you telling that client and how do you navigate that issue? I mean, uh, gonna be completely honest. I don't like vegetables either. <laughs> so <laughs> I can completely get, uh, where they come from, but you know, it's, you got to remember, uh, it's about, we're trying to give our body, uh, we're trying to set our body for success. Mm -hmm. So like for me, like, I don't like eating vegetables. So I'll literally in the morning make a smoothie with just vegetables mm -hmm. and that's it. I'll drink it. And that's my vegetables for the day. Mm -hmm. So I think it's more like, all right, you got to do what works for you. Um, in terms of, uh, but you do need to get these nutrients right. somehow. So I think that's kind of like what I would tell them. It's like, what works for you on your schedule, what you prefer. Like, it's like it doesn't, it's not a, all right, a cut and clean thing where it's like, all right, you have to do this or you have to do that. It's right. more like, what, what is, what are you comfortable with? So you still get your end results. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's funny you say that too. Like nothing's really like, it's not just cut and dry. Like here's what you should do. I was actually having this conversation with a client the other day where they were talking about meal plans. And I told her, I was like, I don't like meal plans. Like I think they have an incredibly high failure rate because you know, the meal plan says, all right, meal one, 7 a.m., meal two, 10 a.m., meal three, 2 p.m. And it was basically like eat every three hours. And here's what you have to eat at that you know, that time mark, here's how much of it you should eat. And it's like, that sounds great in theory, but it's like, what happens when life, you know, throws you a curveball and you can't eat at 7am and you, you can't have what's prescribed on that one meal plan or even better. Like, what if you don't want to eat what's prescribed to you on that meal? It's just like, it's an incredibly high failure rate. Um, and I, I, you know, I was trying to tell this client, like, you know, it's better to teach a man to fish than to give a man a fish when it comes to nutrition. And that's why we preach these things like, you know, make sure every single meal, it's protein, it's vegetables, and then your carbs. It's We're trying to teach you how to eat. So when life throws you a situation where it's weird or the circumstances are kind of like, you know, uh, they're not ideal for healthy eating, can you navigate those things without completely, um, you know, going off track for the most part. And then going back to the whole vegetable thing for the clients who say they don't like vegetables. <clears throat> I always tell these people, I'm like, look, there's a lot of vegetables out there. Like, I think it's unlikely that you dislike every single vegetable that's on planet earth. You probably are just thinking of like the main three in terms of like broccoli, kale and something yeah. else. It's okay to not like a couple vegetables. Like I don't like all the vegetables and that's totally fine. So you just have to experiment with a little bit and then seasoning goes a long way. Like it really does just some salt, pepper, a little bit of olive oil. If you bake your vegetables, um, you know, 400 degrees for like 20 minutes or something like that, it makes a tremendous difference. And you really just kind of have to get a little bit comfortable with like learning how to cook, learning how to season. Um, you, you basically have to like grow up a little bit 
But same thing that O'Shane said, like if you don't want to do that and you just want to get them in a shake, like your body still needs these things. You can't just completely neglect vegetables just because you don't eat them. So it's just finding a strategy that works for you, finding vegetables that you actually enjoy, and then finding ways to actually kind of navigate it. Um, so one of the other things I want to talk about, and I think you already kind of touched on this, um, but what are you what are you saying to clients when they tell you, oh, I, I simply just don't have the time to eat healthy and it's much easier just to get, you know, order out or grab something from, you know, the whatever local shop or something like that? Uh, you know, that's a great uh, question. So, like, I'm working with this client right now, like we're working on a daily basis in terms of our diet. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to convince her, you know, to actually eat probably like three months before she actually bought in uh and the biggest thing for her was she don't have enough time you know she works 60 hours a week has kids all this stuff and when we go through her diet she was eating like 600 calories and i was like wow i mean like who survives on 600 calories yeah, really like, you know so we break down uh she's consuming about 1600 calories right now and it's significant like in three weeks of like she can see your body fat drops three percent from eating three times the amount of calories. Mm -hmm. And the biggest thing I show her is like, look how much, like she just bought in for a week. And after a week she saw like, all right, my energy level improved. So I'm able to do more stuff, even though I said I didn't have time. Uh, she feels a lot better. She feels a lot more confident. So like, I think it's more like a, hey, can you just trust me for a week? And let's me show you that even though you're saying right now you don't have enough time to cook, you don't have enough time to do this you realize like I make this time like how much of a difference it makes because then you realize like the possibilities endless in terms of what the other things I can do right yeah and I think it's funny when people say they don't have any time I, I to me I feel like a lot of people just have this preconceived notion that when they think that they have to cook or they have to like prep meals it's got to be some grand affair and they're like you know in some fancy LA restaurant and they're preparing like chili and sea bass and a white wine reduction. It's like, you don't, it doesn't have to be like super crazy. Like you can literally just prepare like one or two sources of protein like for the week. You know what I mean? Like you can cook a whole salmon and then divide it up into little portions or you can cook a whole chicken or whatever, you know, meat you want to eat. And it doesn't have to be like this, you know, huge four hour long event that you see like some people doing on social media. So I think a lot of people just have this preconceived notion that it just, it takes way more time than it actually does. Or there's other simple methods for, you know, like, like shit, you can go to Costco and buy eight cans of tuna and that's eight days worth of, well, eight meals worth of protein. That's like already essentially prepped for you. You know what I mean? Like there's ways and strategies to get around when you say you don't have time. Um, but another thing that you touched on that I don't I don't have this in my notes, but I think it's interesting to talk about is, um, you know, when people are eating so low on their calories, whether it's on purpose or not, and they think just severely restricting calories is going to be the best way to help them drop fat. But what happens is they end up feeling just like a total bag of shit because they're only providing their body with so few calories to basically just survive and your body's not going to be able to burn fat when you're giving it just enough to basically get by. So like what, how do you convince clients to basically eat more 
when they're basically too scared to eat more because they think they're going to get fat? Like, how do you, how do you word that and how do you convince them? Well, I mean, I think that's something that I think social media kind of like really throws a lot of people and they're like, Oh, I can't eat that much. I can't eat carbs. I can't do this. And I'm like, but that's, you got like the whole idea. I think that is what's wrong in the fitness industry because like people don't realize like, all right, we need to eat enough food where one, if you think about it, like in a, some, in a person, like in a normal person's life, they need enough food just to maintain their body of living. Mm -hmm. They need enough food so they can work. They need enough food so they can for kids. You working out on top of that, that's a lot of stress. You need enough food to actually like recover. Right. So it's like, if you're eating like five, 600 calories, it's like, how does that even like equivalent to like your body functioning? Right. Like you, you won't make any progress. Like your body needs the food. Your body needs the quality food too. And I think like that is another reason why I think a lot of people will, all right, I'm eating five, 600 calories, but then they'll stop at McDonald's. Cause it, stuff like that will force you to stop any oh, yeah. fast food because like it's, you're going to get to a point where it's like, that's the easy choice. When your brain is tired and it's like not getting enough nutrients, it just makes bad decisions. Yeah, absolutely. It's always going to take the path of least resistance. I mean, even like, I know it's kind of like not what we're talking about, but even when it comes to like training, you know, like if you can't perform a squat because of some kind of, you know, mobility restriction, your body's going to find a way to do the squat. It's just going to find the easiest way to do it. And it might not be the best way to do it, but it's going to do it. You know what I mean? I so it's, it's completely similar when it comes to like nutrition and stuff like that. But it's, yeah, it is. Um, I, I don't think a lot of people realize like when you severely restrict calories like that, like it's going to negatively affect so many things in your life in terms of, you know, cognitive performance. You're not going to be able to think and focus like you should be able to. Um, your performance inside and outside of the gym are just going to be terrible. There's going to be no such thing as setting a personal record. Um, you're basically, you're probably going to lose some muscle mass just because your body's probably burning it for fuel at that point. Um, and it's just people, I, yeah, I, uh, and I do think social media probably plays a part into this as well, but um, it is really refreshing when you get someone to actually eat more than what they've been eating and see more progress and they feel better. And it's like, this is almost too good to be true. And then it's almost like an, I told you scenario. Um, but it, it's, it, you know, it's, it's a good feeling from a trainer standpoint and from a, um, from a client standpoint. Um, but in terms of, um, you know, the whole eat more real foods and enough protein, um, is there anything that, we didn't touch on in terms of it being simple, but not so easy. I mean, as I think we, we barely, uh, we touched on a little bit, but I think, uh, another thing like I tell clients is, well, the, the emergency plan is like, what do you do on days when it's like shit hits a fan? Right. I think that's, uh, something I think where a lot of clients get off track. Uh, but I think like having that in place, or, you know, like I tell clients, like, hey, you know what? If I had a bad day eating yesterday, it doesn't mean tomorrow I'm going to not eat to try to make up for yesterday. Right. You just restart fresh tomorrow. Like, yesterday was just another day. Today is a fresh day. Just start, do your thing again, right, right, right back from square one. And I think that's another thing uh, that messes a lot of people up is you'll you hear them say, oh, I overhate yesterday, so I'm not going to eat today. Right. Yeah. Like, and that's... Uh, 
that's a, a no-go right there. That's a dangerous cycle. Like, it, it almost gets to the point where you almost develop, like, an unhealthy relationship with food, and then you're just stuck in this never-ending cycle of, like, binging and then starving, then binging and then starving, binging and starving. And, like, it might work for some people. Like, I, I know, for example, like, Matt. So, you know, if he has a really bad day, Matt is able to basically, like, you know, restrict the next day. Um, but Matt also knows what he's doing. Matt's been, you know, training and advising, you know, advising people in terms of training and nutrition for you know, shit, like, I don't know, 15 plus years, something like that. So like if you, if you've, you know, got some skin in the game and you've been doing this for a long time and you know how your body responds to something like maybe that's an okay strategy for you, but for like, you know, soccer mom, Susie, who, you know, does not do this for a living. And, you know, she's not really that in tune with how her body responds to this and that. Like, I, I totally agree with you. It's just, you know, shit happens. It's like when you play sports, you know, if you're doing a, you know, you're in the playoffs and you're doing a, a best of seven and you lose game one, it's like, all right, well, you don't dwell on game one during game two like you just forget about it like it happened big deal like you forget about it and you start fresh on day two so i think that's a really good point um in terms of just helping people realize that it's it's about the long run and i think too many people are considered you know they're too concerned with like just today or like just tomorrow um but like in actuality everything you do in health and fitness if you're doing it the correct way it's you've always got the long term in mind. So it's like, you know, I'm sure you have your bad days of eating. I know for a fact I have my bad oh, days most of definitely. eating. Yeah. <laughs> um so it's like it, you know, shit happens. It's 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 not the biggest deal. It's not going to one thing I say to my clients is I'm like, listen, it takes more than one bad day of eating to break a diet, just like how it takes more than one day of good eating to make a diet. Like it you're trying to string together weeks if not months and you're going to have some downs and you're going to have some ups but as long as you have more ups than downs like you're good you're solid you're in a you're in a, a good place to be i i agree with that i i think like you know clients have, everyone has to look at it as like all right if i'm eating for six months it's 90 percent of those days that i have a really good day eating if 10% of that was bad, I'm pretty sure you made some progress. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's the same way, like, if you look at, like, um, how a stock performs. Like, a stock is never just a straight shot up or a straight shot down. You know, you can still invest at any particular time, and you're going to lose some money, and you're going to gain some money. But as long as you make more money than you lose after the course of, like, six months, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like, you're in a, you're in a good spot. Fat loss and health and fitness are the exact same way. Um, so you guys just have to kind of uh, view it and approach it um, in that light. Um, all right. So let's stick to just these two today. So is there anything that you want to add in terms of um, sleep or just eating more real food um, in terms of any obstacles that people overcome or need to overcome any strategies that we didn't touch on uh well like for me like i'll give you a perfect example like myself like in terms of like sleep right i know in textbook you might say eight nine hours like i mean i found just like from observing myself like four hours a night works for me 
and then get like a midday 20 30 minute nap like i feel like that works for me i'm not saying that works for everyone but i think that's something like sleep is something i think everyone has to like take an evaluation like all right what really works for me yeah and i think um by the way o'shane's not human so i wouldn't advise (laughs) you guys to try to get four hours of sleep um um but yeah i i do agree with that um i think just based on like what i've read they say like six hours is usually the bare minimum for a majority of people and And then based on that some people may function a little bit better on six and a half seven seven and a half eight eight and a half like whatever whatever it may be but like six to eight is usually like the sweet spot for a lot of points and you you really do just have to find like what works for you um and what works best and it might take a little bit of experimenting maybe setting your alarm at a different time or whatnot um but um yeah everything's kind of individual very much like how nutrition is very much like how training is um so like there are specific guidelines that you know everyone should probably abide by but they're not set in stone you know what i mean so don't think that just because we say oh, you have to get seven hours every single night that you have to get exactly seven. You might need eight and a half. You might need five and a half. You just got to kind of find find your your sweet spot. Um, anything else, O'Shane? Uh, I also like the, the point that you made earlier about uh, with the pattern in terms of getting up every day like at the same time. Mm-hmm. I think that is something that is very crucial. Like a lot of people underestimate like, all right, I'm not going to work today. So I sleep in. Right. Like, you don't realize, like, how much that affects you the next few days. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Uh, so, like, and it's something, like, I realized, like, a long time ago, which was, like, wow. Like, I need to get up every single day at the same time for me to be functioning the way I function. Because, like, if I, like, sleep past that time, it's it's crazy, like, how much that affects you. Oh, yeah. And I think a lot of – I think the one trap that a lot of people fall into is they think – oh, it's Friday night, I'm going to go out, I'm going to have a good time with my friends, which there's like nothing wrong with that. Live your life, do what you got to do. Um, but if you only get four hours of sleep that one night, like those four hours of sleep that you missed out on are gone forever. Like there's no such thing as like sleep that, like you can't reaccumulate, you know, that sleep. Like once it's gone, it's gone. It's not like a bank account where if you just get a larger paycheck, it kind of cancels out. Your body doesn't work like that. So if you miss out on sleep and you only get two hours one night, like that's it. Like there's no making up for that. So that's why your body loves that consistency and basically like almost like rising with the sun and sleeping like when it goes down. Um, that circadian rhythm is something that's kind of like biologically implanted into like your fabric as a human being. And if you can learn how to kind of make that consistent and kind of implement a few strategies that can normalize that, that's going to be for the best. And I know there's some people out here right now and they're like, well, I have a night shift job and I'm, you know, what do I do? Um, quit. That would be my first recommendation, but there are some strategies that you can implement as well, but that's kind of diving into another tangent. Um, I was going to say something and I totally forgot. So do you have anything to add? <laughs> uh, I mean, from a nutritional standpoint, I think, you know, uh, I tell clients like, hey, like, oh, another thing I wanted to actually touch on, which I brought down in notes was, so a lot of clients will say like, all right, when I work out, like, what do I eat or how long I have to work out should I eat? I think like uh, that's a very controversial thing in terms of like what you eat or because, you know, the normal thing is, oh, have protein shake or have, but I think it's like, all right, your body needs carbohydrate 
mm. after working out as well because you just exerted yourself uh, a ton during a workout. So, yeah. and I think like educating clients on stuff like that, like hey, your body does need carbohydrate after workout. Mm -hmm. Your body does need a good amount of protein as well, but it's about finding that balance of all right. Do I get enough fat? Do I get enough protein? Do I get enough carbs? Right. In each, like, those things are essential to getting that result. Yeah. So, what is your go-to recommendation for like a pre and post, I guess, workout meal for most clients? Uh, I mean, if I, I think like a banana or granola bar, I think pre-workout, nothing too heavy because mm -hmm. not everyone can stomach that heavy stuff before workout. Right. Uh, Post-workout. If they do decide to have a protein shake, I do tell them, like, have, make sure there is some form of carbohydrate in there. Mm -hmm. Or you can put, you can put like, even the yogurt is not a bad post-workout. Uh, I mean, chocolate milk isn't that bad either. Yeah. Uh, like, so it's just, like, stuff like that. It's, like, but it has to have balance of everything so your body's able to recover better. Yeah, definitely. And even that. Um, you know, kind of going off of what we said, like everyone's a little bit different. So some people might be able to tolerate, you know, certain foods before a workout, you know, dairy, or maybe something a little higher in fat. Um, but these are just, you know, general guidelines. But I do, I, I do agree with O'Shea, and I think more people would probably benefit from some source of carbohydrate before a workout, and then some source of carbohydrate plus protein after the workout to basically just replenish and restore what you just burned during that workout um and like for me I, I tried to tell people especially like for their first meal after a workout um i don't like to go too heavy on the fats just because i think it can impede with basically like the di you know digestion of the protein but to each their own um i think the most important thing is that people are eating after the workout and replenishing basically what they burn um, but, um, in a, to each their own and this, that could be a podcast probably in and of itself. Um, but I do need to stop here. Otherwise I'll be late for my eye doctor's appointment. Um, so O'Shane, thanks for stopping by. We obviously have a lot more to talk about cause we didn't talk about, um, hydration, training, um, general activity, getting your steps in managing stress. So this might be a three-parter. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. Um, but, um, if you guys enjoyed the podcast, share it with a friend, tell them to listen. Um, and then we will see you guys for the second part of this, whenever that may be next week, maybe who knows. All right. See you guys.